You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. Today, the message is actually titled, The Pattern of Following Jesus. The Pattern of Following Jesus. And um, I want to start by, by taking, taking some time to define both of those words for you, okay? So first, the pattern, the pattern of following Jesus. So what is a pattern? Here's a definition of a pattern. A pattern is a form or model used for imitation. A form or model used for imitation. How many of you are familiar with like, a clothing or dress pattern. Anybody? Okay, a few of you. Okay. So I actually grew up, um, my mom was, I grew up in the South. Okay. So that kind of like sets the stage for the story. But my mom is a phenomenal like seamstress. And so when I was growing up, she would make a lot of my dresses for church, which Spoiler alert, I have some pictures for you this morning. Um, But this is what she would do. This is a pattern. So she would take one of these things and she would lay it out and she would cut the material to fit the pattern and then she would sew it all together and make an amazing piece of art that I would wear. Nat, can you fold this up for me, please? Thank you so much. Um, so, uh, so that's what a pattern is. When I think of a pattern, that's what I think of as like a dress pattern because I saw my mom do that consistently growing up. And so, like I said, I have some pictures for you today because we're going to get vulnerable in church. At least I am. Um, but I will say, here's my, my disclaimer. Again, I grew up in the South in the 90s where floral and bows reign supreme. So you can go ahead and throw up one of those pictures. There she is. We have matching dresses. All right, you can go to the next one. Look, <laughs> I have Scotty dogs on my dress. You can go to the next one. Yeah, that's before straighteners existed. That was a time. Uh, And the bow is exquisite. And then check this out. This is my Easter outfit with the gloves and the white pantyhose. So, but (laughs) my mom made all of those dresses. So she would make a pattern and she would take it and she would make these amazing, amazing dresses for me. I don't know how much of that was forced on me or my decision. I don't remember that, but um, incredible things that she did. The second word of the title of this message, the pattern of following Jesus. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? Or another word for that is discipleship. It's the process of following Jesus. Here's a definition for you. So to follow Jesus or to be a disciple is to be someone who is patterning their life after the ways of Jesus and the teachings of Jesus. Again, this is like strategic time for us to talk about this. It's, it's not just the teachings of Jesus, but also the ways of Jesus. And the same thing that we have, we talk about a pattern, we like form our lives with the ways and the teachings of Jesus. Um, Robert Mulholland says it this way, discipleship is a process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. I love that definition. First, it's a process. 
can I get an amen from the church? It's a process to become like Jesus. And we're being formed into the image of Christ. But it's not just for us. Like we're not the end goal. It's for the sake of others so that we can make a difference in the world. So that's what I want to talk about today. It's the pattern of following Jesus. How do we form our lives and how do we essentially model ourselves after Jesus to become more like him? And here is what I want to talk about today. And, and as I study this and throughout scripture, here's what I see as the pattern of following Jesus. And it's this, to hear and respond. Everybody say, hear and respond. You crushed it. Let me show you this pattern in, in, um, throughout the Bible, okay? So in the Old Testament, we see Noah. He heard and responded to God's warning about a coming flood. So he obediently built a large boat that saved his family and many animals. So he heard God and he responded. Moses heard God tell him in Exodus chapter 3 to lead my people out of Egypt, even though he did not think himself capable of the task Moses believed and obeyed, ending Israel's centuries of captivity. He heard and responded to God. Joshua heard God's command to march around Jericho and then shout. While this advice would seem strange to anyone leading a battle, Joshua believed and led the Israelites to obey God. So soon the city's walls crumbled. Again, we see that pattern. He heard God and he responded. There's also a very famous, famous Jewish prayer uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6. You may have heard of it. It's called the Shema. Uh, and it also models this pattern for us in the Old Testament. And this is a prayer that Jewish people have prayed for like thousands of years. Typically, they pray it in the morning and the evening. And it is just a way to express their devotion to God. Uh, and it's out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. It says this, Hear, O Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. And as for you, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So the prayer, the Shema gets its name from the first word of the prayer where it says, Hear, O Israel. In Hebrew, that word is Shema. And the funny thing is that in Hebrew, there, is no, there are not two separate words for the word hear and respond. It's one word. It's like two sides of the same coin. So when they're saying this, it is hearing and doing, it's the same thing. It's like when a parent takes their child and says, listen, with just a kind tone to their voice, right? I, got a, I was a little mean. Listen. <laughs> listen. They're not saying to their child like, let the sound waves of my voice go into your ears. They're saying, listen and respond to what I'm saying. That's what the Shema is. It is this like, listen and respond to God. And then lastly, in the New Testament, in the life of Jesus, he even modeled this pattern for us in his relationship with God the Father. Here's a couple of verses. From John chapter 5, it says this, So Jesus explained, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the father doing. Whatever the father does, the son also does. 
So in that, there's this tone of like, there's this connection with the father and whatever the father is saying to him, he's responding and doing out of that relationship. Also in John chapter 14, it says, do you not believe that I am in the father and that the father is in me? Again, that closeness and connection of hearing God. The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does his works. So again, the pattern of following Jesus all throughout scripture to hear and respond, hear and respond, hear and respond. So I want to take just a few moments to kind of talk briefly about each one of those, those two sides of the same coin. How do I hear God? Like, what does that look like? And how can I implement that in my life? And then the other side of that, which is how do I respond? How should I respond? And so um, the question, how can I hear God? Um, To be honest, I really struggle with this this week because there's so much that could be said about this. In fact, we did a sermon series. uh, If you want to look it up, if you want more resources called Loud and Clear. And that's what we talked about the whole series. And so like, That's a resource for you, but how can I hear God? I also, there's also a resource for you, and we talk a lot about church, in our church, we talk a lot about like how to engage with God's word. Pastor Brian just did a message on like how to have a quiet time, and we actually have a course coming up called How to Study the Bible. So we talk a lot about as a church, and we want to resource you in like how do I engage and how do I hear God? Um, So again, so much could be said, but today I just want to talk to you about two specific ways um, that I think are the most common ways to hear God. I think there are other ways to hear God. There are things like prophecy. Um, There are things like visions and dreams. There are things like circumstances in our life can be God leading and guiding us. The desires in our heart can be God speaking to us. But two specific major ways that I think are probably the most common ways that we can hear God. And here's the first one. Scripture. First one is scripture. And again, we talk a lot about how to engage with scripture. Um, But today, the question that I kind of want to answer is like, what is the purpose of scripture in our life? Like if scripture is a major way that we can hear God, then like, what is its purpose in our life? And um, 2 Timothy chapter 3 tells us this, that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. And when I really started praying about like, Okay, that makes sense, but like, what is the purpose of scripture in my life or in our lives? I thought about the amazing tool that we use. Some of us use almost every single day, GPS. And um, I want to settle like a longstanding debate here this morning of Apple Maps versus Google Maps. Uh, How many of you are Apple Maps people? Okay, I heard some booze. How many of you are Google Maps people? Okay, my people. Um, Apple Maps. Probably it's been at least 10 years. 
but it has led me wrong too many times in the back of a neighborhood while I'm looking for something else. Um, <laughs> so I am definitely team Google Maps, but um, wow, so much chaos caused this morning. Um, <laughs> so team Google Maps, but there is this feature, whether it's Apple Maps, Google Maps, whether it's caused by an AI robot or I don't know. But there are many times when I get in my car and immediately my GPS pops up however blank minutes to home. Blank minutes to home. Doesn't matter where I'm at, I could be leaving the office, I could be leaving here, and the GPS knows how to get home. And I think the, the role that scripture plays in our life is like that. It is the like the directions that get us back home. It keeps us grounded. It keeps us connected to where we're supposed to be, no matter where we're coming from. And um, Isaiah 30, 21 says it this way, whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And I think that's the role of scripture. It's a, it is a reliable way that we can hear God. It is a reliable way that we can hear the voice of God. Um, Pete Gregg says it this way, when it comes to hearing God, the Bible is the very language of his heart. Nothing he says any other way or in any other context will ever override, undermine, or contradict what he has already said in the scriptures. So how can I hear God? Again, one of the most common ways is through scripture. And then the second thing that I want to briefly touch on today is the voice of God. The voice of God. From John chapter 10, verse 27, it says this. And I want to like encourage you today, if you like question if you hear God, I want to speak this over your life today. It says this, my sheep, it's Jesus talking, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So in those very words of Jesus, he's implying that like he's talking to us. Like we can engage, we can hear his voice. Um, and so today, again, so many things could be said about this. But a helpful tool that I think would be help, helpful in you learning how to hear God's voice is to know what his voice sounds like. To know what it sounds like. And um, I would, I'm going to equate it to an example. We're going to talk about my mom again. Of like, if I were going to describe you to her, describe her to you, or describe what her voice sounds like to you, I would tell you this. The tone of her voice is very sweet. It's slower in her cadence. She has a southern drawl. Um... She has kindness that kind of oozes from her voice, but also strength. And I would tell you that when it comes to me, there's often a tone of concern as well. <laughs> that's how I would describe her voice. Like that, that's the tone of it. That's what it sounds like to me. And in the same way, I want to tell you, like, at least from scripture, my own experience that I think a key secret in learning how to hear God's voice is to understand that it sounds like a gentle whisper. 
Um, in First Kings chapter 19, Elijah, who is a prophet, found himself in a place where he was depressed, and he actually asked God to take his life. And um, in that deep and desperate place, God comes to him, and here's what God says to him. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. That word gentle whisper can also be translated to a still voice or a small voice or like a whisper from the silence. That's what God's voice sounds like. Again, Pete Gregg says it this way. He says, we expect the king of kings to shout with primal power in earthquake, wind, and fire. Of course we do. From the origins of time, God has been the great explanation of nature's many mysteries. The ultimate power that changes seasons, hurling thunderbolts and rumbling from the heavens and rolling thunder. But perhaps the problem with such displays of power and the reason that God patiently refrains from speaking in such ways most of the time is that they belie the fundamental gentleness and intimacy of his heart. So God chooses to whisper in our ear way more often than he shouts from the skies. I love that because it's the gentleness and intimacy of his heart. Just like I could describe my mom's voice to you as best that I can with human words, it is a different experience for you to actually hear what her voice sounds like. So I have a clip of her leaving me a voicemail. Can you guys go ahead and play that? So sweet. That's her voice, right? I would know that voice anywhere. And as much as I can like do my very best with the best words that I have to explain that to you, there's nothing like actually hearing that voice. And I want to encourage you in your relationship with God that I can describe that to you as like a gentle whisper. And I can be familiar with that voice. But I so desperately want you to hear that voice as well. So how do you do that? It's just by creating space in your life for that gentle whisper to be able to be heard. To have proximity. Like it's hard to hear a whisper from across the room. Um, so our role in that is to learn to quiet our mind and our body. And wait for God's voice. And I don't mean like you're going to be sitting in your living room and hear like whispers from behind you. But it's like that impression in your heart, that feeling in your gut, that like gentle tap that's like you should go this way or you should go this way. And is it always like the most clear and black and white thing? No, it's not. 
that's like part of knowing Jesus. It's part of having faith. It's part of like stepping out and believing that you're hearing the voice of God and trusting that he's going to continue to lead you. You don't always have to know black or white, yes or no. Like he's going to continue to lead him as you continue to seek him. Um, Whether it comes to scripture or the voice of God or prophecy or dreams or visions, all those things have to be filtered through God's word, uh, through community, through godly relationships in your life, um, through wisdom and discernment. And those things continue to grow and mature as you do in your relationship with God. So, again, how do I hear God? Scripture, the voice of God. So then that second part that I want to touch on briefly is how do I respond? So again, if the pattern is to hear and to respond, then how do I respond to God's word? John chapter 14 verse 15 says this. This is Jesus talking. If you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my commandments. So very simply, Jesus tells us how to respond to his voice. Um, And yet, I just want to say this verse can often be taken out of context. It can often sound like a demand that Jesus puts on us, like a prove yourself kind of love. Like, if you love me, obey my commands. And um, that's not what Jesus means at all by this verse. Uh, Just like a parent would want to talk to a child and for them to choose to obey, not because they have to or they're forced to or because there's some sort of power dynamic in play, right? You want a child to respond because there's like love and trust there. Like they believe that what you're asking them to do actually makes sense and is the best thing to do. That is the same posture that Jesus is talking about when we come to this. Not this like authoritarian dictator, if you love me, obey my commands. It's like, no, I, I want to approach this like a child and believe that whatever you're asking me to do, like there's got to be, I, I trust your heart in this. Like I trust your motives in this for me. And I know that in our culture, there's a lot of feelings about the word obey. uh, And it can bring on a lot of like baggage or some sort of experience that you've had with authority before. Um, But I want to encourage you today that, that we, myself included as followers of Jesus, must come to believe that obedience is not an obstacle to the path of a happy life. It is the path, like to trust the heart of God, to trust that what, what Jesus is asking of me when I hear God's voice, that what I'm being asked to do will only bring me fulfillment and joy and peace and the life that God has promised for me. Um, and I want to tell you, this is a... This kind of pattern and conversation is something that our church has been talking about for the last few months. And um, I think as a leadership team, and I want you to know that this message today is, yes, it's something that I feel like God has spoken to me, but is 100% reflective of the heart of Pastor Brian and our leadership team of like, we want to create a culture in a church where people hear and respond, hear and respond. 
Like if we want to be people that truly follow Jesus, then how do we like work this into our everyday life? And um, so we started talking about that as it comes to our Sunday services. Like how do we bring this pattern into our Sunday services? Not just so people can experience God here, but that if maybe people could learn how to hear God and respond in this environment, then maybe on Monday morning at work, that same pattern would be there. There would be like a moment where you hear God and respond. And um, so we begin to pray about that and think about that. And um, starting next week, we're going to be changing our services just a little bit to model this. And we already take time at the end of service, if you've been here, to take some time and say, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to me or what is God speaking to me? And allowing space for God to to talk to us. Um, But what we're going to be doing starting next week is to kind of extend that response time. So it'll be more like eight minutes or so at the end of service. We'll still close service the same way. We'll say, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you and how do you want to respond today? And uh, we're actually going to be creating, which they're going to put up a slide behind me. But there will be different stations throughout the room that you'll be able to respond to God. You'll be able to like tangibly like hear God and what he's asking you to do and respond to him. So we'll have a station for communion. We'll have a station to to pray with someone for uh I'm sorry, to receive prayer from someone on our team. We'll have a station to pray for someone that you know that is lost or far from God for them to to find Jesus. We'll have a station for that. We'll have a a station for people to make the decision to follow Jesus. And that's going to be a little bit different. We've, in the past, kind of led that uh, moment from the front. And we're still going to present the gospel every single week. That's so important to us. Um... But there will also now be the presentation of the gospel. But during that time of response, people will actually be able to go to a station um, and make that decision to follow Jesus. And, and yeah, that's a little bit of a higher cost than just raising a hand. Um, but I believe it, it reflects scripture too, like to count the cost to follow Jesus. And we're okay if that means like less hands right now but it truly means heart decisions for people to say like, I'm counting this cost and I want to follow Jesus. Um, And then the last thing would be to respond by giving God your best in worship. So every single week, we're going to be doing this. We're going to try it out at least for the next series and see how it goes. Um, But it kind of weaves this pattern into our services where you can hear God and respond hear God and respond, hear God and respond. And again, our hope and prayer is that that becomes a pattern that you live your life by every single day, every moment. And when something comes up, that immediately the pattern is like, I want to hear God on this. And I just want to respond to what he's saying to me. And our, my challenge to you as we begin this and try it out. We don't really know what it's going to be like, but we feel conviction from God to move in this direction is just to engage, like to engage in that response time, to engage in in what you feel like God's speaking to you. 
whatever that looks like, um, that you engage in that response time as well. And um, as I close, I wanted to, um, I guess, share with you, I think as I've been preparing this message, I feel like God has so, like, captured my heart, I would say, of, like, what would this look like if we lived our lives like this every day? Like the pattern of following Jesus. And um, I want to remind you the definition I shared earlier of discipleship, that it's a process of being formed in the image of Christ for the sake of others. And um, I think my heart has been captured as I've prepared of like what a vision of what this could look like in our city and um I prayed for you this week and I think there are some of you that like what if like you hear God to confess to some sort of sin in your life to share that with like a trusted friend to share that with God to ask for forgiveness what if the result of that was that you had a better understanding of like grace and compassion and that you could share that with other people too. I think, what if some of you, and I'm going to try not to cry, but I think there are some of you in here, I think moms specifically, and you feel like God has called you to, of course, a season of like raising kids. And like, what if your response every day in the middle of dirty diapers and crying kids is just to continue to love your kids? to like show them compassion, to raise them in a home that looks like Jesus, that they can actually grow up to be followers of Jesus in a culture that so desperately needs it. And I want to tell you today that what you do, it's holy work. It might be mundane, but it's holy. I think some of you, you might be like a CEO or a team member or you you lead a team at work. My earring just fell out. What What if God's asking you and what you hear God to say is to actually love the people that you lead and not just like, do what you're supposed to do, but what if you actually listened to them and cared for them? That, like, might be against, like, corporate culture, but, like, what if you loved them like Jesus did, and you just took a little extra time to care for them? What if that, like, pointed them to Jesus to open their heart to actually receive him? I think some of you, uh, I really felt this during worship today, Some of you, I think, have heard hard news this week, um, or you find yourself in like a very desperate place in life. And I think what you need to hear from God today is not necessarily a bunch of things that you need to do, but I think you need to hear and walk with the posture of this, that the Lord is your shepherd and that you have everything that you need. So it might not be like 10 action steps, It might be like walking in that truth instead of worry and fear. I think some of you today that there's two other people that I want to talk to. 
Some of you, I think that you've been dealing with some sort of issue in your life that is like an area of freedom that you so desperately want, but you continue to circle around the same thing over and over again. And I wanna tell you today, what if your endurance, what if you continuing to hear God, what if that endurance every single time that you circle around that thing, what if your freedom just goes deeper and deeper? And one day, what if you circle around that thing for the last time? And your freedom, it's not just for you, it's for the sake of others. Like what if Jesus used your story to impact other people who are going through the exact same thing? And then I think there are some of you here today that you like want to so desperately hear God or you have a dream in your heart that you have heard God about but you're in that like middle time that waiting season where you've prayed and you've sought God but the answer hasn't come yet I want to tell you today I read in my devos yesterday that, that waiting is not a passive thing when when people in scripture talk about it. It's allowing that waiting time to shape your life. So what if that waiting season that God is shaping your life and then when your miracle comes, that it's actually like more glory for God and it's better for you. And so again, I don't know what God is speaking to you today. I don't know what it looks like for you to hear him. That might be a thousand different things or the response might be a thousand different things but the truth is that God can speak to each and every one of us today about how we can hear him and how we can respond so I'd love for you to go ahead and close your eyes and bow your head and take just a moment um, to ask God the question again what are you speaking to me today we can go ahead and put this into practice right now I think some of you today, what you're hearing God about right now in your heart is that you know that you simply need to commit your life to Jesus. And the truth is that sin or choosing to live your life on your own apart from God, that it has separated you from God. And that's created so many barriers to you and your relationship with God right now. And the Bible tells us that the penalty for our own sin is separation from God, both in this life and in eternity. But I wanna tell you the good news today is that Jesus came to make things right and to bridge that gap between you and God. Romans 5 says that while we were still sinners, that Christ died for us. And I specifically wanna give you a chance to respond today to the gospel to making that decision to follow Jesus with your life. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, um, maybe you're here and you're far from God or you've never received that grace and forgiveness that Jesus provides. Um, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. And I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna make you come forward or I'm not gonna embarrass you. I just wanna lead you in a simple prayer today. So just as an act of faith or just so that I know who I'm praying with in the room, I want you to go ahead on the count of three and raise your hand. One, two, three. 
Yes, I see those hands across the room. You can go ahead and put your hand down and just pray something like this in your heart. Say, Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry I've lived my life without you. Would you come live inside of me and change me, make me brand new? I surrender my whole life to you. And Jesus, today, I receive what you have provided for me, the grace and forgiveness and love that can only come from you. And today, I choose to follow you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, can we put our hands together for everybody who just made that decision? If there's anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at Queen City People or visit queencitypeople.com.